0: Hello and welcome to the second reel of episode eight of the Double Reel Film Podcast. Hopefully you've caught up with the first reel, had a brief intermission and refueled ready to take this mighty second installment of nerdy film chat. If you haven't caught the first reel yet, please do go back to your app and download and listen to it so you're up to date with all the features we've covered already this month. These include the regular roundup of a month in the life of two busy film nerds, some fine and witty listener messages in the podcast magazine letters page, our feature on the classic film The Blues Brothers... I'll look at a hidden gem which was Danny Boyle's Sunshine, the One That Got Away feature about Catherine Bigelow's unrealized Joan of Arc project, and the remake hate watch covering the Coen brothers making a terrible mess of the lady killers. For all of you who've already made it this far, we now turn to the big conversation. The whole of this second reel will now be dedicated to the Adamson's tackling one of the big subjects of the day, giving you an uninterrupted nerdy film chat experience. We turn now to my co-host James to start mm-hmm. us up on the chat.
1: Okay, thank you for having me. So today we are going to talk about uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe's uh, entry into what they're calling Phase 4. Now, not everyone has seen um, Avengers Infinity War, despite it being the most absurdly grossing film ever. Um, But basically, if you haven't seen it, spoiler alert, Avengers Infinity War... No, Avengers Endgame, sorry, uh, ends with... um, Tony Stark or Iron Man dying and Captain America going back in time to live his life with Agent Peggy Carter, who has been the love of his life since the first Captain America film. And that's obviously two massive um, losses to the franchise. So the way that they are trying to start phase four is it's sort of weird because another person that dies in um, Avengers Infinity War is... um, not Avengers Infinity War. Well, Endgame is Scarlett Johansson's character, Black Widow. But there's now going to be a Black Widow. Black there's going Widow, to be a Black yeah. Widow film. Um, so that's I think that's obviously going to be her origin story. Um, so I don't know how they're going to do that. I'm excited for it because Scarlett Johansson's a good actress. But it does seem like Phase Four is the sort of money
0: making um, part of the of the series. Um, yeah. So I mean, for, I mean, obviously, I'm probably the sort of person who watches a fair few of the Marvel films, probably most of them now I think about it, have heard the kind of the phrase Marvel phase four and Marvel phase five, which is coming up. wasn't really 100% of what all the phases are, but I kind of got the idea from how it all panned out with Infinity War and Endgame that, you know, the films had been building up to something. So my, my sort of expectation when they announced phase four and, and then phase five was this will be building up to something. Um, So, I mean, I, I'm not 100% sure what that is, so maybe we can kind of look at that. It's all right if I have a quick sort of recap of, like, the previous phases just to see if I'm kind of yeah. – I understand it, and you can let me know if I've kind of got yeah, this sure. wrong, yeah? So it looks like – it looked like phase one was – It's kind of – it was sort of all the origin stories, wasn't it? The, 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 when I read up on this, when I looked it up, it looked like phase one was – it started with Iron Man and The Incredible Hulk, which was sort of released sort of similar times to each other. Um, Incredible Hulk had a little cameo from uh, Tony Stark at the end of it, which was kind of, uh, oh, look, here's, we're starting to link these films. And then then Phase 1 seems to also include Iron Man 2, Thor, Captain America, the first Avenger, and The Avengers, well, which,
1: ends with, like
0: uh, I say, almost it, all it of it those ends are... Ends with
1: the Avengers film in 2012, just...
0: Yeah, yeah the, the first Avengers film, yeah. So there's a lot of origin stories there, and even the Avengers film is kind of an origin story of how they put the Avengers together, isn't it? And apart from, like, Iron Man 2, uh, you know, and, and sort of Incredible Hulk, sort of, I mean, they'd already done that, and it, yeah. So it's, I mean, the films are mostly good, apart from, I thought Iron Man 2 was really poor. Yeah, um, I, I don't mind the Incredible Hulk film, although it's fair to say they hadn't cracked it with the character, but it, as far as I can see, Phase 1 was... Hey, look! We're going to bring in all of your big Marvel characters now, and and this is part of something. Each film had a little cameo, and this was the first time I think we were aware of needing to watch to the end of the credits, wasn't it? And say, "Oh, right, here's Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury," and "Oh, look, there's something else coming here," and this is, you know. And then in Thor, they started introducing, you know, um, uh, Jeremy Renner—that's Hawkeye, isn't it? And saying, "Right, we're actually going to introduce some of the other characters here across each other's films." I think that was the first inkling that they were starting to put something yeah. together.
1: Um, I think the way that they look at phase one is it's almost like they're testing the waters. Um, I think what I really enjoyed those films at the time because I was 12, then up to 16 when those films were coming out. So I'm kind of like the, the target audience for those films when they were coming out. So I, I think I look on them a little bit differently to you. Yeah. But saying that, having seen the later Marvel Cinematic Universe films that have come out, looking back on those films, those films don't look as good. For example, the first the first Thor and the second Thor film are Garbage when you compare them to Thor Ragnarok because Thor Ragnarok is brilliant. Um, yeah, that's that's phase one. Um, phase two, I don't even remember much of phase two, it was only only two years. It started with Iron Man 3 and finished with Ant Man in 2015.
0: Um, and yeah, I mean, I would, I mean, I, I looking back, I mean, because I wasn't watching this at the time going, Oh, here comes phase two, I'm kind of looking back on this retrospectively, right. But I remember what that not really being super keen on most of those films. I thought Guardians of the Galaxy was really good, and uh, Winter Soldier was okay actually. Captain America: Winter Soldier, but um, this isn't the most amazing of phases. I- Iron Man Three, while well, better than Iron Man Two, was still a bit. I wasn't keen on it. Uh, I could have done with that Gwyneth Paltrow playing Iron Man or being you know wearing an Iron Man suit. Thor: Dark World's pretty poor. Avengers: Age of Ultron That's was, sure. I think, a, r- a real letdown. Yeah, and. I, you know, I don't, I don't mind Ant Man, but Ant Man is kind of a, um, he's almost like a supporting character, so he's not going to carry a whole phase as yeah, he by himself. go, oh, I quite enjoyed Ant Man. Well done, Phase Two. He's kind of oh, good they've introduced Ant Man. Great, you know, some people like his character.
1: Yeah, um, and then Phase Three is when I think the best films started to get made. I think they'd really found they
0: they'd found their footing
1: and they'd they'd done all the sh- the kind of the kind of origin films like Guardians of the Galaxy and things like that, which I, I still enjoyed for like a kind of first origins film, but they've kind of, so, there's yeah, been so yeah. much establishing for the first, well, being phase one and two uh, takes you up to 2016. So that's, you know, eight years of trying to establish. And then phase three, it seems a lot more, you know, they're getting through there, but they're a lot faster with stuff, you know, 2016 to uh 2019. They, they, they fire out loads of films, you've got Captain America's.
0: And they've packed, yeah, there's loads of films and they've really kind of expanded the scope. And because Captain America's Civil War kind of really kind of opens everything out, isn't it? You know, starts to bring in um, a lot of elements and a lot of a lot of characters together. I mean, C- Civil War wasn't just Captain America in the Marvel Comics, as I understand it. Civil War was like this massive kind of uh, event in the Marvel mm-hmm. Comics that just spread out across all of their different titles. So Civil War was quite a big thing well, for them look at to the- throw in. And I guess apart from, apart from, there's Doctor Strange, there's Black panther and there's captain marvel but apart from that on a list of like almost like 10 films or something there's no origin stories um, so you're all like I, I can, you're all sorry, kind of it. you're it, it's all kind of you're up it's, it's and running weird. in the film they're, they're still doing
1: origins and introducing characters like in american captain america civil war they have the introduction of spider-man and then doctor strange they have um oh and civil War, they have the introduction of um black panther doctor strange you have the uh obviously the introduction of doctor strange guardians of the galaxy Volume 2 there's no introduction spider-man homecoming's yeah. just the first film thor ragnarok again black panther so you're running you're not you're having less um less origin stories and more
0: films that tie into the it's it's like it's like progressing what what they're building well up yeah the, to, this is it?
1: this is firmly like the, the thanos timeline now um Avengers yeah. going to touch on because even
0: when you think about Spider Man Homecoming, Spider Man Homecoming was actually a different studio, wasn't it? That's like Fox or Sony yeah, or something. Sony. So it's quite interesting they were able to keep MCU continuity in a film that's slightly outside what they're doing. Uh,
1: yeah, that was an
0: and you know even even Ant Man and stuff is like at the end of it they're kind of oh something's happened. That's part of the whole. It's like you know it's really it's really interesting. This is the only franchise that ties. This many storylines together from film to film, isn't yeah.
1: it? Yeah, although what I will say about Phase Three is that some of the films in it aren't actually that great, but because the best films are in this phase, out with I'd say Guardians of the Galaxy, mm-hmm. um, Captain America, Winter Soldier, Avengers, and the first mm-hmm. Iron Man, you're not really missing that many solid Marvel
0: films here. Um, but you've got yeah, you've got, this is the best also phase, Guardians isn't
1: of the it? Galaxy Volume Two, which I wasn't keen on. Spider-Man: Homecoming's alright. Yeah, it, it, uh, it was Ant-Man right. and the Wasp was yeah. shit.
0: I mean, I, I like Spider-Man: Homecoming. Ant-Man Sorry, and the what Wasp was,
1: was shit, and Captain Marvel wasn't that good.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, I, I see Captain Marvel was a bit indifferent, and it, it felt almost as if they'd kind of they were just cranking a film out so that her character was available for Endgame because she's really good in Endgame, right? Um, but in, in the actual film itself of Captain Marvel, I remember being like, "This is all a bit low scale." It's like. She's kind of having. She's running around after these kind of rel, what seem like relatively minor villains uh, through small town America, and and I think that itself kind of has pissed a lot of people off because the scrolls are actually a massive character in the comics, and they've kind of thrown them away a bit in this yeah, film. Rather,
1: but... Sorry, and then and,
0: and, that, and then at the end of it, she's she she's she finally accumulates all her powers and destroys an entire fleet of spaceships in three seconds, which makes you think. God, we've waited two hours, and it turns out that she's, like, infinitely more powerful than everything she's faced in this film. It's like, yes. okay. She's, I mean, because because she's one of the big characters, right, you know, in terms of she has the power to kind of destroy whole or save whole planets, you know, she's up there with, like, Thor and Hulk will be, like, super, super, super powered. Whereas your, your Black Widow and your Hawkeye, you know, they're great characters, but they're not. You know, they can't fly through space and stop a spaceship. She needs a big villain. Do you know what I mean? She needs a big bad to actually be up against. Otherwise, the film looks a little bit just. I, I didn't get it. Um, so, I, I, thinking about this for this feature, I thought they might have been better off if they tr- maybe tried to get Captain Marvel out earlier and made it a bit more of a flagship of Phase Two and actually giving her a bigger story. That might have been better. But in the end, they just went. Quick, we need Captain Marvel in because she's going to be part of England.
1: Yeah, although I think saying that if they had done it back in the twenty in Phase Two, which is twenty thirteen, you probably wouldn't have had um, Brie Larson playing Captain Marvel because she won uh, Best Actress for Room in two thousand and fifteen, so she might not That's
0: there. true. Yeah, and she's, she's she yeah she's quite good as a character. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But yeah, I think we've kind of covered what happens up until the most important films because Spider-Man: Far From Home ugh, it doesn't really, it doesn't properly tie into the cinematic universe as much. It's more like a kind of. It's a good, yeah. It's it's even with Peter Parker losing Tony Stark, who you know did a lot for him, and it's a big deal. And it's, um, but it's still a good film. I still enjoyed it. It's got some funny moments. Tom Holland's
0: very good. Um, yeah, I like. He's 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 probably my favourite Spider-Man so far out of the films. Uh, like I think that. they've got someone at the right age playing him at the right age. If you know what I mean, he
1: looks about yeah. fifteen, even though is I think he's yeah. about my age. Um, but yeah, yeah. The, the, the best thing about phase three, I would say is for Ragnarok and Black Panther. Um, Cause mm-hmm. they all sort of, the, Black Panther's an introduction one. Again, it's, it's its own standalone film, but it, it ties in, you know, into them, um, into the cinematic universe in the sense that it's Black Panther being introduced to the world and things like that. But it's, it's also, it's, it's also a standalone film. There isn't massive um connections to the cinematic universe. Um, Ant Man and the Wasp. I can't really remember that much about Ant Man and the Wasp. It wasn't that good. It's it ends with a like a him getting put into the quantum realm and then um, what's, I can't remember Hank Pym and his uh, wife and um, the Wasp all being put into the Soul Stone when Thanos does the snap. But again, that feels just like it's another standalone film. And then it's like, how do we how do we connect this to the uh, the big bad that's going on at the moment? Ah, here we go. Make these characters disappear. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's like where Ant Man appears in in the other films, like he's in Civil War, and he obviously takes part in, in the uh, you know Infinity War and Endgame. He's he's a good character to take part in in the story, but when he's in a film on his own, I just think oh, okay, he's breaking in here, he's doing that there. N- none of it seems particularly significant, and yeah, sure, okay, you know, no uh, no objection to it as a film, but it was all a bit you know kind of low low level kind of thing. He's clearly not one of the leading... Yeah. It's, it's fun run. and I
1: like Paul Rudd, but it's not the, the yeah. main the main storyline yeah, is exactly you know, the one that's connected to um to Thanos, and I suppose you could say the same about Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. It's um although it does tie into getting the Hulk back, but I just love Takeaway I think he's incredible. His work is marvelous
0: and yeah, and 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 also they managed to kind of take Thor up a level. I sort of- it's funny because while it's good in the, in the in the context of the film, it kind of throws a little bit of doubt on what they did in the previous two films where there's a bit where, is it Anthony Hopkins where he's a ghost or something like that? And he says to to Thor, you know, you're meant to be the god of thunder. You know, you don't just hit people with a hammer. You're supposed to have power over the entire elements. Uh, and in this film, in Thor Ragnarok, Thor, Thor starts to actually really wield his power properly. And while that's good in that film, it does make you wonder why they took two and a half films to yeah, do. Yeah, and
1: it has Kate Blanchett. hit dressed as hella and
0: yeah she's that, very good yeah she's very good things um
1: but yeah <laughs> 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 when, when we're talking about
0: yeah yeah it's it's exactly it. it's it's like when a superhero film is really good it's like first of all the the, the superhero them, themselves needs to kind of really kind of uh sort of step up and arrive and be you know really come into their own and you need like a real kind of not just a villain, but a, a problem surrounding that villain. What Marvel have always been quite good at is Cate Blanchett's character was kind of rejected, and you know you can you can understand some of the motivations for for hating the heroes. Same as um, same as uh, Killmonger in in Black Panther. So Thor Ragnarok, Ragnarok had all of that, but it also had Taika Waititi's... You know, it had a lot of humor. It's like when when Thor calls Hulk a friend from work, and, and, and all the stuff for Jeff Goldblum. It's just like you actually look at Ragnarok and go, you almost, you know, at the end when everything blows up, it's like, yes, you have to have that bit and it's brilliantly done. And that is kind of sad for, um, you know, they've lost the home and everything. But when you look back at the film, it's all the bits along the way that you actually enjoy the most. All the little, you know, ref, you know, dialogue between the characters and, and all of that it stuff. Ele- yeah. And it's like, because you've got, yeah, it, yeah exactly. It elevates. Well, it, no, the thing,
1: What I was going to say is that it elevates Chris Hemsworth because in the other Thor films, his humour is there. And Chris Hemsworth is a very funny, charismatic... You know, he's an Adonis of a man. He's incredible, obviously. We, we've all seen him in in the Thor films. He's absolutely chiseled. But I think they relied on that a little bit too much because um, I think he's, he's played those roles, you know, you know, probably starting from when he was in... Was it Neighbours or was it the other one that he was in Home and Away? One of the Australian soaps that he was in, yeah, he would yeah, have been the, yeah. you know, the tall, dark stranger that's, you know, very dashing and things like that. Whereas he's actually a very funny funny actor he's and the best moments in thor ragnarok are ragnarok we're not we're now both doing it thor ragnarok um <laughs>
0: are yeah. it's like it's like when even though he's got all of his problems with with loki when they're in the lift going up working out how they're going to kind of tackle the bad guys one of them says oh yeah thor says let's do get help and and loki says oh that's so embarrassing but no it's 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 our best move it's like it's quite cool when i do that
1: yeah, um, and that's what's good. And then the best bits, I think, in in Avengers: Infinity War and Avengers: Endgame are. But well, because I've got a soft spot for Norse mythology and just Thor in general, I personally think it's
0: taking mm-hmm. Thor to yeah. another
1: another level. <laughs> to catch people up to speed of what's happening in Phase Four, So at the end of, I want to say Spider-Man Far From Home, but it doesn't really make that much difference. At the end of Avengers Endgame, Tony Stark has died after saving the universe. Thanos is gone. All of his army are gone. Um, Yeah. Captain America, I don't know if he's died, but he's basically passed the mantle on to Falcon. I I don't know how that's going to work because I'm not a big fan of Falcon and, um, what's his name? Bucky Barnes, uh, the Winter Soldier. I like them as supporting characters, but, making him Captain America. I don't know how that's going to work. Hopefully it does, because I do like Anthony Mackie. But anyway, at that at that stage, Captain America, Tony Stark, gone. Thanos, um, mm-hmm. gone. Black yeah. Widow is gone. Now, for phase, phase four, I'm not entirely sure what it means for every character, but I'm going to try my best to try and explain it. Because, oh, and also, who's his face? Uh, Vision, he's gone. Um... So yeah. phase four, I know that it ends with uh, Thor passes the sort of king of Asgard or the the ruler of Asgard to um, Valkyrie, and um, because Asgard's now in Norway somewhere, Tongsberg, and he's like, I don't, I don't think this is yeah. for me, and he's going to go with the Guardians of the Galaxy, which I think is going to be good because there was some good moments between.
0: Um, yeah, he had a good, in, he had a good sort of interplay with them in in Endgame, didn't yeah. he? So. Or was it Infinity War? Yeah, one of the
1: uh, other. I think it's Infinity War. Um, he's, yeah, uh, yeah they, they come across his uh, ship after they've killed Loki and Heimdall. But where where they're going from here is that I think it's going to be a kind of tie-in. So I, I don't know where they're going. I don't rightly know where they're going because it's all just saying like plots of stories in here. I don't know how it's going to be tied in together because obviously the Black Widow film will be, uh, I think it's going to be before a- Avengers: Age of Ultron. I think yeah, that's it's I mean, be it, it it might, it might be Avengers. Sorry,
0: yeah. I mean, I looked at Black Widow. Sorry, mate. When I looked at Black Widow, it does very much look like it's a a prequel. It's it's some it's some time along. It's not before she gets involved in in the MCU at all. It's kind of part way through the MCU. It's like sometime after Ultron and sometime before Infinity War or something like that like a whole story she gets involved in. Um, I don't see how that kind of leads to part of an arc because it's, it's a prequel and we know what happens to her. Although um, there is an online theory that there are ways in which they could bring her back. There's a couple of online theories that she might not actually be dead or there might be a way to bring Black (laughs) Widow back into the, into the Avengers world again. And it's like, one of them sounded really lame. It's the idea that she had a a sister that they, who was identical that they used as a decoy. It's like, okay, first of all, that's, that's a huge amount of retcon and, and a bit cheesy. Uh, it, it, it it would be better if there was some way to bring her back from the, the, whatever realm you go to when you get, you give yourself up to Thanos. But, so I I wonder what, if that has anything to do with it, or they might just, they might just be saying, look, black widow deserves her own film. So here's her own film. It doesn't actually take phase four forward. If You see what I mean?
1: Okay. Um, I think I'm with you. So th- there's there's a lot going on. There's a few TV series going on as well. There's one division: the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Hawkeye. Apparently, yeah. She Hulk with um, her from Orphan Black. Tatiana is Lanny, I want to say it. that's her name. All right. Um, yeah. Ms. Marvel. Um, but I it's it's some it's a lot of speculation at this point. We. I don't know what's gonna happen. I, I reckon Guardians of the Galaxy three will involve Thor because you do literally see him flying away. But I don't know if they're gonna be involved in Thor: Love and Thunder.
0: Um, yeah. So it's it's interesting. You kind of have to look at Phase four and five together because in Phase four, there's a few things where I'm like, this is really. There's a new a new character, or a new to me is probably very established in Marvel, Shang Chi and the Legend of the I've Ten Rings that as well.
1: What well, I've seen that development. Yeah, that's.
0: So, so the, the Ten Rings was referenced because in Iron Man 3, the character Ben Kinsley was playing was posing as Mandarin, but apparently there really is a, another character called Mandarin who leads the Ten Rings, which they're introducing. I don't know anything about Shang-Chi, although I know they've got some good actors in the cast, like Aquafina, Tony Lung, and Michelle Yeoh. So, yep, yeah, sure, fair enough. Um, Eternals is like a whole new group of heroes, isn't it? And I don't know anything about them. But that's going to be a whole new film.
1: Angelina Jolie and uh, Richard Madden. Who is very good, um, from yeah. Game of Thrones and uh, bodyguard fame, um, not not the Whitney Houston yeah. one, and Gemma Gemma yeah, Chan. Um, so from what I'm seeing here, there's going to be another. There's going to be another Spider Man, which is going to involve Doctor Stephen Strange. And we were speaking about this uh, the other day. Jamie Foxx is reprising his role from The Amazing Spider Man Two. Um,
0: yeah, which you know, like I say, I thought the Amazing Spider-Man two was crap, um, which is a shame because I thought Andrew, I thought Andrew Garfield was a better Spider-Man than Tobey Maguire. I never got on with Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man. Yeah. While the while the first two Samurai Spider-Man films are good, I just can't stand Tobey Maguire. He, he's the male Gwyneth Paltrow. He's just he's like his white. I just can't stand his whiny little face. He's just not very good. That's just I don't know how he's made a career. He's just not very good. Yeah, and I thought Andrew Garfield was a much better Spider-Man than him, but the films weren't very good. <sighs> yeah. Um, and, and giving Jamie Foxx another shot as Electro, sure, why not? Jamie Foxx is great. So if they if they can make good use of him, of him in Electro, then terrific. Um, I mean, my main hope for the Spider-Man is that Tom Holland's, I think Tom Holland's the best Spider-Man I've seen so far, but the films themselves have been like, yeah, that was exciting, but it's almost like, it's like high school Spider-Man. It's like terrific. Now let's see him facing up to you know, I know in Endgame he faced up to the end of the universe, but that wasn't his film. But in in a, in a standalone Spider-Man film, I'm hoping that he's going to really be facing some genuine threats and high stakes and just taking it up a level. And it, and if he does, I think that'll be great because I really like Spider-Man as a character. But the films have been like really enjoyable, but some of the, the characters and storylines are a bit like, yeah, okay, he's beaten that vulture bloke. Terrific, what now?
1: Yeah. Uh, the problem I have is is with the entirety of Phase 4, is that I thought they wrapped up really nicely, but we know that... Uh, Cinema companies and film production companies are very greedy, um, and whenever they wrap mm-hmm. up something nicely, it doesn't matter because they want to make a profit. The, the same thing happened with Toy Story, mm-hmm. um, the Toy Story trilogy, as I called it, and then I saw that they were making Toy Story Four, which, as much as I like Toy Story, 4, un- Toy Story film. Four was a fun film to you know to show kids. You know, it's it's a kids film. It's it's fine as its own film, but Toy Story Three ended so fucking perfectly that they didn't need to come back to it. But yeah. they just they they, they love Absolutely. making money. It's why they've made three cars films when they didn't really need to make another one after the first one. But they can punt they can punt that merchandise as much as they can now. They ended phase three really nicely. I thought the way they ended Tony Stark's character arc from you know being the billionaire playboy ph- uh, philanthropist to being you know the genius who saves the world or the universe technically, and then Captain America's um, ending was amazing. I thought that was that was beautiful. I think that's a really underrated bit of cinema the way they've uh, they've shot and done that. Um yeah. And I thought it was cool it was cool seeing Thor during the Gardens of the Galaxy and that's a film I want to see, but I'm also kind of reluctant because the problem that, that you have with um the big bad, Thanos was seen as this incredible um incredibly powerful, you know, Titan, the mad titan. And you know it takes every power in the universe you've got captain marvel who's by far the most powerful out of everyone and could probably only be matched probably by hulk because hulk is indestructible and maybe thor you know you you had to take all the power in the universe to defeat this thing it's like how can you supersede that how can you how can you go and yeah. you know how make the audience interested and actually make quality films with a focal point of you know, an, an interconnected universe where you have that big bad, so to speak, because you, you've had the ultimate big bad. You know, you've you've had literally the stakes of the universe. You've had half the universe wiped out and trying to come back from that and how to defeat that. How I don't know how they're going to go from it. I, I like the idea of all the things they're trying to make. I want to see a Black Widow backstory because you're not seeing a lot from the character. I don't know if I want to see another Hulk film, even though I really like Mark Ruffalo because we've not actually had any standalone things from it. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten, Ring, Ten Rings sounds interesting. Um, another Spider-Man film. They're not going to make another Spider-Man yeah. film, because Spider-Man is probably the most popular um, superhero after your Batmans and your Supermans. Thor, Love and Thunder, I'm on board with that regardless. It's going to have the Guardians of the Galaxy in it, and uh, Natalie Portman's coming back
0: again. Yeah, that's going to be interesting what they do with Natalie Portman, because they they're, apparently they're going to make her the crossover character Mighty Thor. I mean, look. I think Natalie Portman's a terrific actress. I think the adding that crossover character is going to be a lot of fun they're going to need a lot of CGI to make her look like Thor Do you know what I mean it's not like it's not like Brie Larson who's actually she's quite tall and you know she worked out and she looked pretty solid in a suit you know Natalie Portman, however much she works out she's diddy and mean yeah. honestly whatever they, what are they do is going to, have, going to have to be quite i think I think the, uh, the, the the computer guys are going to be quite busy on that one yeah.
1: But, again, it's Taika
0: DT making a film, so I don't care. Um. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know what I what I don't – I mean, obviously, I think Marvel has been so massive in cinema, and I think, you know, obviously they, you're quite right that they're there to make money principally. But I think not having any, like, a, a new kind of MCU kind of phase would just leave such a massive hole in the middle of kind of mainstream blockbuster cinema at the moment. It's kind of inevitable that they're going to do it. Um, I mean, is this leading to something? I mean, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness is kind of the the, the other film in that that kind of you know, Eternals apparently is gonna bring in major kind of galactic threats, and Doctor Strange is another one that can have major galactic threats, and presumably that can be that can be used to build up another big bad. I, I mean I'm really excited about the Doctor Strange film because there's that multiverse of madness stuff is all linked to HP Lovecraft, which we've talked about on this previous episode, the Del Toro film and and stuff like that. Um and, uh, which, by the way, just goes to show everything we do is linked. You might think we we're just making this up, but actually, audience, you are now entering phase two of the double real cinematic universe. Um, but is, is this leading somewhere? I mean, they've got bit other Galact- uh, major threats in the Marvel comics, like Galactus and stuff like that, that could destroy a universe. Do you think that's where they're going with this?
1: Oh, I fucking hope not, because that means another Fantastic Four reboot. But... Um...
0: Well, guess what? Should we, should we mention the film titles in phase uh... five <laughs> because uh, f- phase five when I looked it up it's got Black Panther 2 which uh, see uh, in, in, in normal in, in normal circumstances I would have been like brilliant Black Panther 2 but we don't have Chadwick Boseman anymore so there is a bit of question mark.
1: focusing on his younger what? sister um, Shuri
0: is that confirmed?
1: Uh, that's what I read I mean I, mm.
0: uh, see so that- so what 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 I would say about this, right? What I would say about this, right, is I understand that they d- did that with Shuri in the comics. Um and I have no problem with that being where they go, but if Chadwick Boseman was still around, you, there's no way they would do that in Black Panther 2. They would, you know, you know you know how they're talking about passing the the um the mantle of of Captain America onto someone else. It's like that's all fine because they've given Steve Rogers a good run like they did in the comics, like Steve Rogers was quite a long running Captain America. And then and then like two or three or even four other people have been Captain America, fine. But in any circumstances other than the massive shock of Chadwick Boseman passing away, T'Challa would carry on for a while and then maybe they'd go, okay, um, now we're going to pass the torch on to Shuri like they did in the comics. So I think I I wonder if it's a mistake to do that in Black Panther two, like straight after Black Panther one. Do you know See, what I mean?
1: I think it, it's always really difficult when a a character passes, oh, an actor passes away that's played such an iconic character. I think Black Panther for me has been one of the most iconic characters in cinema of the past decade. You know, it was so it's crazy to think the first major black superhero film wasn't made till twenty eighteen. So there is a real sense, and especially with current events going on, it's such an iconic role um now in in normal circumstances yeah. when like an actor's died that's played an iconic character they it's hard it's hard to it's hard to decide what's white uh, what's right and what's wrong so for obviously harry potter richard harris passed away um while playing dumbledore but there was still another six five five books six f- films to make so they got michael gambon in mm-hmm. now I don't know if they want to I don't know how much they filmed of Black Panther 2 I I I genuinely couldn't tell you um
0: apparently they haven't started filming it's going to start filming in in, in ne- next July
1: No see so yeah,
0: I think it's hard because if they carry on with T'Challa they need someone else to play him and he's got to he's got to live up to Chandra's promise. If they bring in a, if they bring in another like male lead character, then people will go, "Oh, you've really snubbed Shuri there." Yeah, the problem. Um, on the other hand, I reckon I reckon throwing Shuri straight into it now is kind of doing her a disservice. She would be better to kind of inherit that in good time, if you uh-huh. see what I mean. Which is, I know, a white guy saying a black woman should wait a turn is really not yeah. what people want to hear right now. But I think it would; she'd be better off at, after T'Challa's had a bit of a yeah, run in the you're role. You're not
1: either. saying that to be a prick. I just, from what we've seen from Shirley, she's been that kind of. She's a technical genius, and she, you know, she impresses. Uh, she impresses. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah, they and and they sort of stressed that in the film, didn't they? She's not physically imposing or anything like Dana Garay is in um, as the uh, as the lead of the, the 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 Black Panthers kind of guard um you know the the Praetorian Guard type, yeah, you know, warriors that. that they are. But
1: see, the problem the problem I have with saying who do I want to play, who would I want to replace Chadwick Boseman as Black Panther, there are heaps of incredibly gifted black actors out there I feel like you can do them a service, but I feel like they were all in the first Black Panther film. That's the problem. I'd want either Michael B, Michael B. Jordan or um Daniel Kaluuya, I think they would be your best options to play Black Panther,
0: personally. Um, so, my, Michael B. Jordan, they'd, they'd have to do a... Did you ever watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the uh, TV no, show? No, I haven't. It's not very good. You haven't missed anything. But they kind of... They managed to resurrect... Um, uh, what's his name? Agent Thingamy. Uh, Phil Coulson. The one the one who... Yeah, yeah. Agent Coulson. They managed to, uh, to uh, resurrect him, saying so, they were able to save his life using... Um, uh, was it alien technology? And I suppose they could say that they they did that against Michael, G. Bo- Michael B. Jordan's character's wishes and kept him alive and reformed him. Or I mean, who else is it? There's Daniel Daniel Kaluuya could could inherit it because he's got a you know he's but linked to it. In the- I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, I I don't think we have the answer to that one, but that is a quandary for them. Uh, we'll just have to see what they do, and fingers crossed. To be honest, they did such a good job with the first film. Hopefully the people involved will come up with a really smashing idea to, to, to carry things on, and good luck to them. It's, in, it is just a
1: real shame. It's a crying shame.
0: It's a, tri- yeah, it's a, it's a, tri- it's a tricky one, and it's just a, one more of about 100 reasons why it's absolutely terrible that we don't have Chadwick Boseman so, anymore. I,
1: sorry, um, I'm not – I know we shouldn't take fandom websites as gospel, but the Black Panther 2, um, Cast List, and uh, Cast and Crew. I just saw it, and I don't know where it's gone. Uh, it's it's apparently there's just an actor to be confirmed as T'Challa.
0: So move, moving on from Black Panther, there's going to be Captain Marvel too, which. Hopefully now that they've now that they've laboured through her origin story, I think there's no, you know, I, I think Black, Brie, Brie Larson's really good as the character. I think it's really good to have a character that powerful. Um, now that they you know they didn't do a very good job of her origin story, but now that she's up and running, they'll presumably or hopefully put her in a film where she's got some really big bads to fight, and it'll be you know, um, you know that that should be good. Ant Man three, yeah, sure, I, nothing wrong with Ant Man. They do another Ant Man film, terrific. Um, skipping past for a second, they're, they're resurrecting Blade, which could be awesome. interesting. I'm sorry,
1: but it's got Mahershala Ali in it. I'm so excited.
0: Mahershala Ali is Blade. I, I'm I'm totally on board with Mahershala Ali as, as Blade. That's a fantastic idea. Um, I guess the, the the thing that's tricky for them on Blade, right, is what do they do? Do they make him an offshoot character like Deadpool, where they're 100% true to that character, and they make it R-rated and bloody and everything like Blade is meant to be? And then... If they did want to put together a group of superheroes to fight a big bad, they've got a slight problem whether they include Blade or do they make Blade twelve rated so they can just slot him in and then kind of what you've got is a very watered down Blade film. I kind of hope that regardless, they make Blade fully R rated as bloody as the Wesley Snipes version, and then worry about Blade taking part in 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 a in a new kind of group later. So
1: that's possibly the best casting choice. I think that they, that Marvel have ever made it it's very fantastic.
0: The, the the only shame of it, the only shame of it is if only that because he's he's, he's he's in his late forties or something. Now, if only they decided to resurrect Blade ten years ago and let him really have, it, yeah. have a go at it. But but you know what, the, these guys are after themselves these days. All of these all these modern acts seem to last, you know, in you know, and, and cope with the action. And, and obviously, Guardians of the Galaxy Vol- Volume Three, which like we said, is presumably going to have Thor involved, which could be fun.
1: Uh, well, Thor Love and Thunder is going to have him involved and. Uh there's going to have the guardians involved and guardians of the galaxy is going to have thor involved i believe
0: um very good very good so so the one i skipped over from phase 5 is the one that i am most oh. concerned about and that's another fantastic there's four even film is in it i'm not 100% sure to be honest and there has not been a good fantastic four film and personally there's an underlying reason for that which is the fantastic four is a really kind of childish and cartoony set Ish. of heroes and it's never going to no, be you're, that you're, great and then the actual films they did have been really piss poor from the old cheapo 200 pound version they did in the 90s to the um, uh, the one with uh, 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 cr- 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 you yeah, and chris evans yeah and chris evans and them which both both were pants and and made a terrible job of silver surfer that's something else we mentioned in a previous podcast and then that attempt to reboot it with the guy who did chronicle or whatever his name is um, that was an absolute shambles brought about, I think, by just a a complete mess between the studio and the director. So I I don't – sometimes you just got to give up, do you know what I mean, and say that that's just not happening. And I can only think they're trying to bring in Fantastic Four so they can use the Galactus character. See – I mean, as far as I can see, the new Fantastic Four film doesn't even have a – uh, an entry in the IMDb yet it might be because you have to be on IMDb Pro to see some like upcoming films. So I, I can't see anything on IMDb about it. Um, and, and to be honest, I'm I'm so skeptical about that as a film. I, I'm really not interested in fantastic, fantastic see, all, got, at all.
1: Annoyingly, they've got some really good villains. I like Victor Von Doom, and I think Galactus is a good villain. And they've got they've also got the Silver Surfer. I think the problem is it's hard to.
0: That, the, the silver the silver surfer is tied to the Fantastic Four, not just in the story, but in, in its film rights. Yeah, which is yeah, something that. that we looked at and when I did that Quentin Tarantino one that got away. So it's almost like if you want to bring in Silver Surfer, who's great, and you want to bring in those villains, who's great, we've almost got to grit our teeth and and put up with a Fantastic Four um, uh, film. Well, are they not they they were under the rights of twentieth twenty first
1: century Fox, weren't they? So does that mean they're yeah, also potentially on Deadpool and potentially? Um, potentially, um, Spider Man because I know Johnny Storm has um, does have links to um, Spider Man and things like that. So I feel like if the, the problem is, is that you know, when you have like a group like that, they need to be they need to have something about them that's either funny or awesome, and Fantastic Four is neither. So the Guardians of the Galaxy are they don't have incredible powers, but you know, they're funny, they're you know, they're they're they are, there are like there are a laugh of a group. You know, you got a group who's basically a big tree who can who can do awesome things, but you know he's not an incredible. Not, they're not all incredible heroes, but they're all they're, they work well together. They bounce off each other. There's a Fantastic Four. There's no charisma. You've got Reed Richards, who's he's basically Stretch Armstrong. You have got the Thing, who's basically just a B tech version of the Hulk. You've got Sue Storm, who's she's just invisible, isn't she? And make force. Roles.
0: She's got a few powers and everything, but it's kind of like. Part of your problem with it, I mean, just just to go back to the previous point, I don't think the film rights of Fantastic Four and Silver Surfer are tied to the other things. It's not like you have to do one or the other um, because these things tend to be sold in kind of lots or groups. So while the same studio has Deadpool and has Spider-Man and stuff, they're not tied to them in the way that if you do a a Fantastic Four film, you need Spider-Man or anything like that. As far as Fantastic Four itself is concerned, all of these, all of these superhero films have a slight challenge in that they, someone came up with the idea from them in in, in the early '60s when and when they, all these things were kind of aimed at a younger sort of a young boys audience anyway. And while a lot of the other characters have evolved on from that, Fantastic Four it's a it's a kids' cat they're kids characters. Not only that, they're kids characters from almost sixty years ago. So Reed Richards is a is a kind of a clever scientist, and uh, Sue Richards is his wife, and they have a lovely domestic life together. And it's like they've got like a slightly kind of funny, you know, um, you know Johnny Storm character, but in a really kind of tame, like nineteen sixty two kind of way. And same with like it's clobbering time. That, that's great, but it's none of that has evolved to the level of, you know, Wolverine exactly. in the X Men or the way the, the the way the other Avengers have evolved with you know the the moral dilemmas around being the Hulk and any of that stuff. It's just like. Not everything from sixty years ago is going to come alive for a modern audience. So unless someone does an absolutely phenomenal job of bringing that back, which has already failed once in twenty fifteen, that film is. You know what? If they if they bring it if they bring it around, and and after that they can do Silver Surfer and Galactus, and we don't have to have Fantastic Four anymore. Great, Well, I won't be watching the film and, unless I hear reviews that say they have absolutely cracked that nut. Unless it's just it's not happening. An incredibly promising
1: director with a very good cast the problem is i'm on this fantastic four's wikipedia page here and they they've got some really good links to very good characters they've got connections to uh luke cage um she hulk wolverine ant-man spider-man spider-man black panther which we're not entirely sure what they're going to do but the problem is i would enjoy them you know being used and you know being used like recruited into being in the big, the fight against the big bad. The problem is I don't want another set of Marvel films where they're all interconnected to fight against the big bad. They've just, they're connected to the X-Men through Wolverine. So, you know, there's obviously interconnections there. And if they're going to introduce X-Men to, you know, our main, you know, Marvel superheroes because the way, the way i see it is that you've got the marvel and then you've got the the 21st century fox ones so you've got like deadpool and stuff like that i would love to see maybe an x-men film where deadpool gets involved and then things like that but i don't i i struggle to see how they're all going to be interconnected
0: so what so what you're saying is you're, you're not really keen on the idea of trying to knit together it's a whole new same kind same of massive gonna, giant overarching narrative scenario. So what you would be saying is, all right, let's have Guardians of the Galaxy and Thor can join in there and probably Doctor Strange could join in there because he can jump dimensions. And pick 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 a, um, pick a set of characters, make them fight the biggest of big bads and add a few other characters if you want. Um, so Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 could be fighting a massive bad and have some other superheroes in it. Mm-hmm. Captain Marvel could be fighting a big bad and, and throwing some other characters in it but you're not you're not really on board for like another avengers or new avengers which they they've done or anything like that you would rather just see you know let's let's have some good marvel films and if, if you know the characters are already the characters are already linked to each other enough let's not let's not have millions and millions of kind of link, interlinked you know lego I think the films I don't have to go
1: even further than that because
0: the the problem with these
1: films is that it's the same thing that DC have struggled with. You know, they're they're fighting one uh, incredibly powerful supervillain and then another one. It's like, where, where does it end? Um, I think they actually mm-hmm. need to go a little bit more low-key. I think there needs to be, in the next Spider-Man film, it should be as simple as in, you know, going back to fighting another type of Dr. Octopus character, not him, you know. You know, that's what the Spider-Man films do well. They they he fights against Dr. Octopus, he fights against the Green Goblin and things like that. And it's about how he protects his family life because he's actually he's literally just a normal guy who's got superpowers. That's the whole point of Spider-Man. Whereas I, what I didn't like from, from Spider-Man Far From Home, although there's lots of plot, have you seen Spider-Man Far From Home? So it's, yeah. okay, there's no there's no big bad villain per se. It's all, it's all done through drones, which make it seem like they're a powerful super villain, but it's done on a much more bigger, it's done on a bigger scale. So mm-hmm. I don't know what they're going to do because I'm kind of sick of seeing, you know, origin story after origin story of these villains with the kind of ambiguous power level, like whether, if you're doing them on like a scale of one to a hundred, all these villains seem to be a hundred and it's like, well, no, Thanos was the big bad, so where do we go from here? And Whereas in Doctor Strange you got, I can't remember the thing he fights at the end, but it's Dormammu, where he has to constantly use that time stone to go yeah. back and find the right, um, and just keep weighting him down with the time stone. But that, that seems like a really powerful, and that's kind of like, it looks kind of like Galactus levels of um, Mm-hmm. of bad, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I know what you mean. E- each, each big bad needs to be kind of appropriate to the hero they're yeah. fighting. So I know what you mean about Spider-Man. I'll tell you, I mean, my main problem with Spider-Man Far From Home, right, is Spider-Man's defending Paris, which which is all well and good, but it's Spider-Man fun. is a New York superhero. And, and and when he's fighting for New York and when he's fighting for his family, it is, it, it, it like you say, it doesn't have to be this next five minutes of the film doesn't have to be where the whole universe gets blown up. It's actually about how much the, the main character cares about all of the things he's defending and how much he's maybe had to learn about themselves, you know, how much they've had to kind of, he or she's had to kind of fight or combat something. And, and it creates an emotional um, uh, element to the film, like Thor Ragnarok. The whole point of Thor Ragnarok is you really engage with the characters. And that was actually more important than whether or not this or that was going to get destroyed because they could go and land in Norway and Asgard's still alive. So, Spider-Man needs to fight something that really matters to him and defend something that really matters to him. So Spider-Man's in New York. And Captain Marvel and, you know, Doctor Strange can fight big bads um, because they... Because they need, if the film's going to be any good, they've got to be fighting a, a, a villain that's kind of yeah, on a par with yeah. them. Otherwise, it's otherwise it's too easy. Captain Marvel against, you know, and you know, Captain Marvel against uh, what's his name, the, 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 any of the, the villains that Daredevil fights, uh, Kingpin. Well, that's not a battle, is it? Kingpin sounds really tough, and then Captain Marvel kind of eviscerates him, and then goes and has a cup of tea. You know, so the, the villain's got to be proportionate to who they're fighting, and there's got to be a lot of emotional content to it. That's all you need, really. And if Guardians of the Galaxy are fighting a you know a giant galactic threat, you know, they can bring in someone with some extra powers to fight that, right? Thor or Doctor Strange or whatever they want to do. Maybe Doctor Strange would tie in better with that Shang Chi because that's got an element Mystery of you know, you know that they seem to be in the same yeah, kind of universe of and kind of the the, the yeah exactly yeah uh, and whatever 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 Eternals I, are about. I think they're
1: dangerously close yeah. to um be like being a lot like Michael Bay films where you know I like I like Bad Boys One, and I like Bad Boys Two. But, you know, I, I didn't want to see the same kind of childish potty humour over and over again. Now, I'm not saying that's what Marvel is going to be like, but, you know, I liked the first Transformers film. And then it was literally the same film for the next, uh, the next, how many did they make in the end? Five, six? And it was just oh the God same knows. thing.
0: So I, I, I lost the will to live after the second one. You're Sorry. absolutely spot on. It's like, if, if it can't go anywhere, don't yeah, it make it has to be film. going
1: somewhere in the right place. That's why I like the idea of Doctor Strange in, his, in the first Marvel horror film because there's, there's more to explore there. I don't necessarily think it has to be an end-of-the-world kind of thing. I think it's just cool to see a character.
0: With, with, with Doctor Strange, I mean, with Guardians of the Galaxy, they could be fighting anywhere in the universe, really, so they could have a massive battle, and it doesn't have to be the Earth's about to be destroyed. With Doctor Strange, it could be he has to go into an, a, a multiverse, and he could be fighting something really bad, and, and there's always an element of jeopardy that if he lets them through a portal or something, then we could be in a, in a spot of trouble. You know, like the alien films. Most of the alien films are about if this thing gets back to Earth, we're yeah. all in trouble, but actually the, the battle is is not on Earth. Or well, same thing, Doctor Strange can be trying to make sure this doesn't threaten the Earth, and, you know, it's like one of those stories where no one will ever know what we did out here. Do you know what I mean? That's yeah. cool. Um He can he can be fighting something absolutely massive. Like you say, it's a multiverse. He could be fighting the biggest film we've ever seen, but in another dimension, so it, it could be happening inches away from our faces, but we never know about it, right? Yeah,
1: that's... Credit to the um Captain Marvel film for some extent for introducing the um the scrolls because they were a different mm-hmm. they're a different type of, of the technically they're not villains according to the Captain Marvel film, but they are important. But for example, their ability is different. They can impersonate anyone to try and influence and mm-hmm. you know get what they want. Now that's an interesting thing to try and defeat mm-hmm. because it creates a kind of paranoia, kinda of like, you know, can we trust this person? Are they are they are they a good guy? Are they a bad guy? Are they actually a, a scroll? Um, And that was an yeah. interesting place to take it. And I hope we see more of them. I actually, I actually quite like the the scrolls in Captain Marvel. Um,
0: I, I agree I agree with you. My, my main problem with what they did with the scrolls is that they kind of used them as like a quick plot yeah. device and it's almost like, well, they're, they're over but, now, aren't they? Oh, shit. But, what what example, happens where, now?
1: You've got Thor who's able to take on Thanos and, you know, you know, fatally injure them and cut off the guy's fucking head. And it's like, well... Mm-hmm. Thor, along with Captain Marvel and um, the Hulk, is just—you know—they are just—they are unparalleled in their in their power. They and but what I don't want to see is like, well, we can fight, we can have a villain who's even bigger and badder than mm-hmm. Thanos. Let's have Galactus. It's like, no, that's not—that's not what we're going to see. I think the problem is is that superhero films are fun to watch, but I don't know where they're going to go. And I feel like the the latest installments of the Marvel Cinematic Universe have been so polished and so good and so interesting that. I don't want to fall in that trap of like, let's try and, you know, one up the other. So, oh, well, Guardians sure. of the Galaxy 3 had this um, big villain that the that Star Lord had to defeat. Well, I mean, we got to beat that in Thor, uh, Thor Love and Thunder, you know what I mean? Or Black Panther 1 had this, so Black Panther 2 yeah, had yeah, They need to make it interesting rather than just relying on that kind of formula that superhero films can kind of rely on, you know what I mean?
0: It's like it's like how people become a bit a bit kind of complacent about CGI anymore. It's like, yes, we know that with a computer, you can make it look like the entire universe has just been turned purple and, and split into a billion yeah. pieces, but so what? It is going to be about the story. I mean, presumably Black Widow can have a good story because she's a good character and given her the lead, they should be able to come up with something good for that. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, presumably there's a whole set of storylines from the Marvel comics. They can just have Shang-Chi fighting the 10 rings and, and that should all be good fun. Same with the They have a, they have some villains they can fight. It, it, it if, if I get what you're saying, it's like, then maybe they need to go back to just saying, here's the superhero and here is the villain that this superhero tends to fight. You know, there's plenty of good stories you can do with that. Do that. And this, you, you know, if they're partnering up with another superhero, great, but this doesn't need to be, this film doesn't need to be bigger, longer, more expensive and have more explosions than the last film.
1: Yeah. Uh, i would agree I I, I I
0: i guess i guess the problem is that you can't please everyone and there might be there people out there thinking no i want phase four to take you know yeah. to take everything up to 11. um so there's you know no there's no pleasing everyone and they shouldn't try to i mean there are some potentially interesting films here like i say i'd like to see spider-man really really go for it like we say within spider-man parameters i assume eternals has got some good stuff to it all i've heard about eternals is that um that comedian from The Big Sick who is now in The Eternals and now has a six pack oh. because of all the training he's had. That is all I, I know about say, The Eternals. I don't
1: want to butcher his name, but it's like something like Nanjiani, isn't
0: it? Yeah, I could, yeah I, I could look it up and, and, and say it. But you, you know who I mean, the guy from The Big Sick. And it's like, he's probably really good. You know, I hear The Eternals yeah, I mean, is I mean, quite an interesting storyline. People have Marvel, Marvel fans who know the storyline that you're about to do will always kind of, you know, tell you that there's some great stuff in it. Great. I, I guess what we're saying is is that if there is going to be a link between all these films, it needs to be a hell of a lot looser. You know, the link to these films could be that in when you see Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, he is aware of what's happened in some of the other s- storylines, but it doesn't have to all tie together. We don't have to have fifteen post-credit sequences showing how it's all tying tying together to one big film. So it's
1: uh, Kamal Nanjiani, that's his name, Kamal Nanjiani, and yeah, yeah he yeah, he yeah. was incredible. His physique was incredible when i saw the kind of the update um that they had of it, but yeah i don't know a lot about it but i think i think i've done that thing where i because i'm looking forward to these films although i'm anxious about where they're going to go and i don't want those films to do what so many films have done in the past which is you know just rely on the big bad and a big powerful superhero and how do you defeat them and you know that kind of you can almost you can almost pinpoint what what is going to happen in each film or when, when it's going to happen in each film. Yeah. Um. But I'm, I'm also not wanting to know as much about them because I, I want to go in and see what the, because it's going to be totally different now because, or at least I hope it's going to be totally different now yeah. because it's, you know, where do they go from, you know, the, the fight, you know, the biggest fight of the universe. So I hope it's, I hope it's different. I hope it's not just another way to resurrect face. for well, I think it, I think they've called it phase four and phase five, but I feel like it's gonna be comp- it's gonna be a completely different set of films. It'll be, still be the same characters, like of course, uh Thor and Doctor Strange yeah. and Spider Man and so stuff like that. But I hope I hope they don't just spend the next well, how long was the first three phases? It was uh eleven
0: years. I hope Well, it was basically two, I hope it's basically yeah, yeah, 11 one years. Yeah. One I mean this, again, this Galactus is... again,
1: you know, that kind of that type yeah. of shit. Yeah.
0: I guess I guess phase four and phase five could almost be like good marketing opportunities. Like, are you ready for Marvel phase four? Here's what's coming. Well, that's
1: what I will um, say is that I like the fact that in these phases, we're getting more TV series about Loki, and we're getting you know background stories to um, Hawkeye and Black Widow, and we're getting our first yeah, horror. film well, some some of with these Doctor Strange, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, some of these some of these characters work better as TV series as well. I mean, I thought. I thought Iron Fist was rubbish, but I thought um Luke Cage and Jessica Jones and Daredevil and That's Punisher awesome. were all pretty good pretty good series. The only thing I didn't like about Daredevil was that after a while it was he was spending so much time agonizing and not wanting to be Daredevil. And it's like tough shit, mate, be Daredevil. That's what we tuned in to see. Um but I thought the Punisher was fantastic. Some of these things do work well as TV series, so you know it's all it's all good. I mean, probably from a film point of view, what the biggest interest in like phase four and phase five is them coming out and kind of helping stage the revival of cinema and society as we know it, after all this fucking pandemic has done and we've all had a vaccine, yeah. right? Because if anything is going to get people flocking back to the cinemas, it's going to be yeah. finding out that this next round of Marvel films are really good and that you should go and see them.
1: Well, yeah, I I think these films would be very important for getting the cinema industry back to where it was and getting people back out of the house. Um, but that doesn't mean they have it, They have uh, the right to make films that are Lazy and shit, you know. I mean, these are obviously going to be the films that get people back into because they're they're such they've they're done such a high standard now. Like they started off a bit rocky with you know the first Thor film and uh, Iron Man two and things like that, but they've really found their their footing to make polished films. Whereas DC, fuck knows what's going on over there. So they they are you know the standard. Yeah. sure
0: Thor- oh, they 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 just haven't cracked it. At DC. Uh, it's a shame because I actually think the- apart. I mean, apart from apart from the Wonder Woman films, I think the Wonder Woman films are pretty good. Um, and obviously Batman is good when it's done well, but I mean, they have not cracked the Justice League Superman stuff I'm, at all. It's just I really hope uh, Wonder Woman 84 has a good soundtrack. <laughs> I'm, I'm, ex- I'm excited for that. Um, <laughs> that, that, there are, there are many opportunities, obviously because, um, what's his name? Uh, Chris Pine's character seems to have just arrived in 1984. You can kind of introduce modern life to him yeah. that way. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Sounds but, good. Um, you see, I mean, obviously, one of the things about Marvel that, that that they have done is they. It was really important that they got, um, say, Black Panther right. So I'm sure they're going to want to make Black Panther two really good. Um, I think it's about time Black Widow had her own film. So presumably they're going to really have a good crack at making that good. Um, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. I'm I, I am genuinely excited about that, and because again, Doctor Strange can now go off and fight all the baddies he's meant to fight. He's had yeah. his origin story. He's got dragged into the Infinity War and Endgame. Terrific. Now, Doctor Strange needs to really kind of flex his muscles in his own story. I, yeah. And obviously, Captain, Captain Marvel, too, was very, I mean, you know, it's completely understandable that Brie Larson and then, and, and, you know, other you know, actresses are keen to see that a, 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 a big superhero with a female lead can be as big as all the other films. And, it, you know, while Captain Marvel wasn't, I didn't think, very good, it made the same kind of money as the other Marvel films. So no doubt they're going to want to go out and make Captain Marvel 2 really good. So hopefully that means it'll be a good film for us to enjoy. I hope they do a good job of Blade. It's, uh, oh, you know, oh, as good sorry, as it that, promises to be. That so, film
1: makes me so excited. I'm so happy that that film's coming out. It's going to be so fucking good.
0: Have we got, an, have we got, an, have we got a director on that, uh, on Blade? Oh, I don't know. I'll find my at Ali.
1: Because if I type in Blade, it's going to come up with all the shitty films because it will say that he's tied into playing. I
0: mean, in a sense, it doesn't matter because a few directors have come out that I haven't heard of or, you know, who knew that um, uh, Taika Waititi was going to be a, a really good blockbuster director after what we do in the shadows. It's like if, if they're an interesting director, that should uh, that should work, right? Yeah, so Blade is announced as a film on on IMDb. Um, I'm trying to see; it's got writers. It doesn't seem to have a director attached yet. Hmm. So we'll find out. I guess. I guess we'll find out.
1: I mean, that Mahershala in grab. Did he not win back to back Best Supporting Actor Oscars? Or am I?
0: Yeah, I think he did. Yeah, he certainly won two Oscars: one for Green Green Book and one for uh, Moonlight. Oh, nice. um, he's terrific. He was in um, Luke Cage as a villain in that as well, and he was very good in that. Um, so he's another another. Uh, another good quiz pub quiz trivia question about people who played multiple like characters in comic book films.
1: It will be it. Yeah. Uh, It's got such potential. I really hope they don't, don't let it
0: down. If they live up to the potential of that, that is going to be awesome. Produced by Kevin Feige. So, yeah, I mean, I think, I think that's where we are with Marvel phase four and five. I don't think we're married to the idea of phase four and five being a big overarching thing. We just want to, want to see some good films. Um, and I think we've said the ones that we're most excited about. Um, And, you know, look, we've talked a lot on our big conversations about, you know, the difference between Marvel, blockbusters and other films. And I think it is worth saying next year, hopefully, and the year after that, it would be really awesome that there was, you know, if there's stuff out there that can, you know, help revive cinema. I'm really looking forward to it. Fingers crossed. That's all for this month's episode of Double Reel. Thanks for listening and for making it all the way to the end. Thanks also to my co-host James Adams. The podcast was edited and mixed with the help of Audacity,
1: Anchor FM and Zencaster. As usual anything that sounded good was down to them and anything that sounded crap was down to us. The music was Mistake the Getaway by Kevin MacLeod. Sunshine is widely available in
0: HD, a digital copy for £7.99 from the usual online stores or on Blu-ray for a very reasonable £5.71. For more information on Catherine Bigelow's Joan of Arc project there's some great stories on Patrick Pritchett's blog Writing the messianic also patrick's poetry collections are available to buy in online bookstores such as amazon and world of books those wishing to benefit from his services as a literature professor probably have to pass some quite difficult exams so this is me james adamson signing off and this is me james adamson signing off your next podcast episode will be our regular episode 9 in the new year keep an eye on the socials for any bonus or special episodes we decide to do in future if you enjoyed this podcast please like and subscribe and tell your friends until then stay safe watch lots of films and may your life be as awesome as you pretend it is on social. And I'd just like to remind you all that it is day 9,383
1: since Hans Zimmer last won an Oscar.